0: Hi everybody, welcome to episode 20 of Spoken Word with Electronics. This is my last show before taking a month or so off. You'll still find weekly audio if you subscribe to our feed on any podcast service. I'll make those weekly posts fun for you. But structured episodes like this will be taking a short break. I have some fun stuff to write and record and I'm looking forward to jumping back in around September uh, at that point it'll be about 10 weeks or so uh, before the election when I'm back And man uh, that'll be something to compare the world of episode 20 today in July with the world of episode 21 in September with 10 weeks out till the election. I can only imagine. Might have to do a month in review segment, which I uh, would like to do because I kind of view these shows right now as a time capsule. Anybody making work right now is making a time capsule because uh, people are going to be curious about this moment. So I might want to do a month in review segment to keep uh, things properly connected on a timeline might be kind of fun to keep track of everything on a day-to-day that changes, and just do a massive uh, book report, an instant nostalgia piece of what the fuck has happened in the last five weeks. <laughs> I can't think of any other year where that would be the funniest uh, conversation. Hey, uh, what happened in the last five weeks or so? And just look it up and write it all out. So I'll, I'll do that with episode 21. The five-week synopsis show. If something happens, you might be like, hey, that might show up in the show. You can look for it. If, you, uh, if you'd if you like, now is also a time to catch up on all of these 21st broadcasts. You'll find episodes 1 through 10 on Bandcamp, and 11 through 20 will be uploaded there soon as well. Sound to Occupy a Drive. And uh, become sort of imaginary drives the more uh, this show goes. Um, I certainly would not do the first drive right now, which is the drive from Denver to Kansas. Episode one gives you those instructions to drive Denver to Goodland, Kansas. And the second collection, uh, which will be episodes 11 through 20, will pick up from Kansas and lead you on a nine hour drive. I haven't determined yet where we're going, but I'll figure that out. I want to do a show about suicide this week. In some ways, bringing up suicide to others Is one of the few remaining taboos. Suicide is a frightening word. It's a final word and if you lose a friend or loved one to suicide it haunts you like no other death can haunt you. I think I've been uh, relatively um, fortunate Other people I know have lost uh, people at really um, momentous times in their life, and it sort of sticks in their leg like a splinter. You know, that person that's gone. If it happens, I think in your uh, 20s through 30s, it is harder to deal with. Oh man, if it's like high school, get out of there. If you have a friend kill themselves in high school, get the fuck out of there. Your timeline in life is permanently scarred by their death. It's one of those weird things, and then you sort of get into the 40s and 50s. And nothing's ever easy, but at least then you know that somebody's lived a uh, enough of a life that it can't be looked at in that other way. But it still is always like, damn it, you know, they could have fucking fought that. You know, damn it. I mean, there, there, there are very few uh, deaths that come across with it, damn it. You know, if a friend dies in a car crash, it's like, holy shit. Or, oh my God, or it's so horrifying. If uh, they get sick and die, it's just so fucking sad. Uh, if they die from crime or violence, oh, fuck that guy. Presuming it's a guy that would kill somebody. But fuck that guy, man. If, you fi- if, if somebody dies uh, that you care about from crime or violence, it's a crime that you will take on for years to avenge and bring to trial. In some ways, it's almost galvanizing or it gives you life's purpose, you know. If a friend has been wronged in that way, But if they kill themselves, if they kill themselves, you know, there's no court. (laughs) There's no villain to, to find and right a wrong. It's so much worse when they kill themselves, when a friend kills themselves. Depending on the friend or how long you've known somebody, nothing makes you doubt your own value, really, when you lose a friend to suicide if you've been one of those people to identify it you know, so I mean if somebody just surprises you with suicide then uh, that's different but if you've been a friend that's been confided in that they've said that they're suicidal and they still do it after you've tried (laughs) or maybe you've tried so much that you feel abused they fucking killed themselves after all that I gave them fuck them But a lot of times, I think it's, uh... Also, did I call enough? Did I care? Oh my god. How could a friend die and I don't know that they're in that pain, you know? It's a very confusing situation. And sometimes you're in a position where you really, really could have been a better leader in their life, too. And then you get the guilt over them not being alive. You question the cognition of a friend. How could they be so certain? And if it's uh, a desire of theirs, and not an accident. You know, I mean, there's accidental suicides. Somebody gets drunk and mixes pills when they shouldn't. I mean, that's usually the, the lightest accident. Something like that. It's an accidental suicide. It's an accidental overdose. But what about purposeful, non-accidental suicide? What if they had wanted to go? You have no idea how to evaluate that because is it selfish then to say, you know, it's so sad that you're gone or I miss you. You shouldn't have fucking done that. What if they really fucking wanted to do that? that that's, the, that's the complicated kinds of stuff. That goes through your head on that category you're in this constant debate with that person if it's an intentional or even if it's an accidental both you know you're always talking to them after they're gone i've never known a friend to die if help arrived in done and the problem though is that You can't identify or preload what help is. In some ways it seems like serendipity, you know, like a lot of times uh, some sort of act of higher uh, circumstances, you know, that somebody would show up right after somebody took, you know, some pills or something, but it can be as simple as a call or it could have been the smallest, these smallest gestures like a text message or voicemail, you know. This week's show is about health, happiness, and pain. Being alive is capable of feeling all three of these intense feelings at once. I do consider health a emotion. When you feel healthy, you can also feel other feelings like anger and depression. Add to that stress and thoughts. Being alive is one of the most intense experiences based on emotions. No extra experience necessary. In some ways, this is why people take meditation, become monks. That's a lot. That's enough to deal with. It's not like if you were to go and become a cloistered nun or a cloistered monk, that you would stop feeling, uh, you know, pain, anger, depression, happiness, ecstasy, craziness, health, whatever you have your own stress also. So just being alive is a uh, difficult experience. And then there's the pain of other people. Living in the world, you know, and having to deal with all kinds of different people. It's as uh, comfortable <laughs> when you find somebody you agree with as it can be confusing and horrifying and threatening and tedious to run into other kinds of people. Then you have to impress these people. So the world is fraught with challenges and and threats. I mean, survival is exceptionally difficult. Then there's existential issues of surviving on the primal level of survival, but then going into your own existential Curiosities about your own value, regardless. No matter how good we get it, the uh more we doubt it. <laughs> you know, being alive is a really fucking tough thing to do. A suicide of someone close to you is a ghost that never leaves. I've uh, I've never tried killing myself, that's a true sentence, so I don't know what the tunnel looks like. I had some funny moments of being exceptionally dramatic while I was drunk, drinking alone a couple times, especially in my 20s. I remember one very, very furious night, uh, just alone, just raging around um, in my uh, small uh, apartment. And my neighbor, the same time, it was a duplex. <laughs> it was a du- it was a duplex, and my neighbor, who shared the duplex with me, was always setting off the fire uh, smoke detector. And we never talked. And then they moved out, and they were rehabbing that side of the apartment. I walked in to look at it, and the bathroom was just covered in char, like a lot of burn stains everywhere. And- the construction people, or the people rehabbing, were like, "Yeah, she was just smoking crack, and they were constant." <laughs> and the shared wall in which she was doing this was always flipping out my cat. He didn't like sitting on the uh, on the couch facing that wall. One of my two cats at the time, so he knew that she was always just smoking drugs out of a glass pipe. <laughs> <laughs> like, right be- right behind our wall. Can you imagine just somebody constantly smoking crack behind you? For years, and you're, you know, at the same time you're going through your own weird shit. So this was one of the darker periods of my life, which I say with humor now. And when they also were rehabbing the bathroom, they found all these torch stains in the porcelain. And it turned out that she was using, like, a butane torch. <laughs> like a giant giant torch, like, or not a butane, whatever you call it, where people do uh, metal work and stuff. Like she was using like a crazy heating element to smoke or crack. And it just uh, made an awful bunch of burns everywhere. So while I'm living in a shared wall of this duplex, I'm in my mid-twenties. It's uh, the second place I've moved into after a divorce. That was only a uh, five-month marriage but a five-year relationship and it just didn't work out and i'm getting through that and uh for whatever i mean there's all these things and i'm just like enjoying learning how to drink and i don't even realize how bad my drinking is right now while i'm alone and just fucking going through it i it was it was a weird fucking time Not once was I ever suicidal during that experience. I would do different things when I would get trashed. The one thing that was uh, a demon to me at that time is if I turned on the TV and just watched normal TV. (laughs) Really scary normal TV. And I remember, it makes no sense that it was the trigger, but I was just watching like X-Men, the movie. On cable, I think, and I'm just staring at the screen, TV, and I'm just like disgusted. I'm so angry. I'm just so pissed off, and I decide that I have to like puke to feel better, not because I'm sick, but I'm just so disgusted. Like I just look up, and and somehow the X-Men film triggered in me a disgust. Like it represented the world or something, and it was a product of this world and i just couldn't stand that something like that would exist it's hard to explain what happens when get so full of this uh, kind of feeling but i was fucking pissed off for a minute and i get up and I walk across the carpet and i go to just puke just emotionally not i wasn't feeling sick and i walk into the bathroom and i grab this piece of chintzy door and i slam it slam it shut it's the shower door It's it's aluminum cast, 1970s kind of door. It's very common in small showers. And I slammed it shut to get to the bathroom to throw up. Because that was the only thing that would solve my mind at the time. And I slapped the shower door against the wall. Leaned down into the bathroom. Toilet. Excited to throw up. And I don't see the shower door ricochet. I was so furious that I slammed it too hard. It slaps off that door and then runs into the towel rod uh, next to the toilet and smashes into five cracks and then ricochets towards me. Like that sort of the trajectory, it went past me. I got down to throw up because I didn't see it and then it was coming back at me. And by the time that it had hit the towel holder, It cracked into five shapes, and one of those was like a knife-like band of glass, and it was coming right at my throat, and I was just leaning right in to to puke. And if I hadn't looked, it would have killed me. (laughs) It would have very plausibly killed me, because it was like a sharp knife knife of glass. And that was sobering, and it was uh, purely anger-driven. So I remember also calling the landlord and saying... Hey, uh, I don't know what to tell you, but their shower doors cracked, but I was really freaked out because it didn't have safety glass, I say to them. And they are very apologetic, too. They're not like, you broke the fucking glass door. They're like, oh my God, it didn't have safety glass. And I came and I showed them the door and how, you know, menacing it was that they didn't even question it. It It's just like a weird moment, (laughs) a weird moment in my life. It was a a uh, professionally managed company, so I didn't feel like I was ripping anyone off pointing this out. Like I would if I knew the landlord personally or something. It was uh, just that that moment of... Because uh, it represented so much more of an experience and like probably the darkest night of my life, or one of them. All emotionally driven. Where I was just so suddenly disgusted and... hated myself and I hated the the earth and somehow thinking that like a piece of shit like the, like the X-Men movie. I don't even know why it triggered me this disgust and like but it was more like why make that the emphasized culture that we all have to really focus on and talk about and live and get so, I don't know, it was just like a really weird, hateful vibe, and I'm in my 20s when I'm thinking this. And just to run to the toilet and smash a door so quickly and power, you know, furiously that it would smack back and shatter into blades of glass and nearly get my throat cut while I'm leaning in to puke intentionally. I can totally, that was one night where I understood suicide, the desire to, and that's the closest that comes from me. Alcohol is actually pretty effective at, at giving you opportunities to think about killing yourself, more so than other drugs, and it's pretty easy to just drink too much. You're always making yourself sick, too. You feel worse than you realize. You feel, you know, I mean, your normal is is, uh, kind of a rot gut in terms of uh, the emotional state of things like your stomach, which do respond to SSRIs, there's like uh, serotonin receptors in your stomach, and you kind of fuck with them through drinking, but so I realized uh, I'm stopping. But man, yeah, it's crazy how you can figure out what it would take. In uh, a drunk night like that. I was just watching TV. Got really furious at what I saw. It Kind of pierced into another mood. Of whatever I was quietly simmering on. At that time in my life. You know. It was such a weird, weird, weird time. It was uh, during, uh, during the year or two. That I wasn't in a committed relationship. And I probably wanted for that time to last even longer at the time. I was like, I'm never getting in another relationship, but man, does, does it bring on a loneliness? You know, just fucking around with people. Um, very weird, very weird time. Anyway. <clears throat> it goes without saying that this has nothing to do with X-Men, it's just a dumb movie. I was clearly very upset about something else unknown to my brain at the time. I was just really upset. And I was overcome or visited by a very black mood that night. In fact, uh, the black mood is something that I've only had maybe four times in my life. Just a terrible, overwhelming, deep, furious, disgusted, black mood. Had nothing at all to do with the X-Men. Or whatever the hell was on the TV. I was just looking ahead, suddenly furious and disgusted with the world. And I was visited by the darkest uh, mood possible. At least to me. It had nothing to do with what, th- what was on the TV. Just the black mood. And the next day, I'd recovered completely from it. But the night of the black mood was very dangerous I could have ended a lot of things